Well, this is Pastor Rick, and it's time for On Demand again. This is where people come to church who want to come to church. You find time to sit back and say, I want to hear what God has to say to me today. This message is about you. It's about what you want. It's one of my my favorite texts, and it's the lead-in to a series I'm about to do. And the question that this sermon deals with is, what do you want? What is it that you want in your life? This is not what I want. This is not what your mama, your daddy wants. It's what you want for your life. So I want you to sit back, buckle up, and get ready for a great journey. May this message lift you to a place of passion and fire. Enjoy the message. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. Listen, I am out doing something amazing, helping a church that uh, needed my help in the last minute. And so I needed to share this message with you because I felt that it was so important that I share it with you. And so someone's going to come later. My wife's going to come and pray with you in a minute. But I wanted to share briefly what I promised you. God spoke to me and gave me a word for our church. And the word that he gave me is a word that deals with the fundamental issue that everybody faces. Everybody in the world comes to a moment in their life where they have to decide what they want. Every church has to decide what it wants. Every congregation has to make a decision about its future. Every family has to decide what it wants. We're living in a technological age. This is the world we're living in. Technology has changed everything. So now it used to be that everybody came in the building. Now people are not just coming in the building. People are now coming online. They're coming on demand. The world's changing. Our ability to touch the world has changed, how we communicate, how we engage. All that's totally different now. And we have to reach into that world and build new paths. And that's what we started the year talking about. How do we build a new path for our life? Do we run from it or do we run to it? Do we run away or do we embrace it? Now, we have a decision to make, the same decision they made back in the days of the horse and buggy. Do you want to ride a horse and buggy or do you want to really get out there and go faster than ever before? Do you want to go to the moon? Do you want to change the world? It's so easy to get comfortable and say, I just want to exist. Well, I don't want to exist. I don't want our church to exist. I want us to make a real difference. I want us to be able to touch people here, there, and everywhere that our arms can reach. And I want God to strengthen and lengthen our arms so we can do more. I want us to have resources. I want us to have the power to make a difference. I want to take you to a text today. And in this text, in Matthew chapter 20, I want to show you something. If I were going to die today, I plan to live now. But if I were, I've said this many times, this is the text I'd preach. Because in this text, there's something that speaks to the heart of a believer. And it asks a very important question, what do you want? Well, if you ask the question, what do we want? This year, I've been saying what we want. We want to cut a new path. We want to cut a brand new path. I want to create a new Ricky. I want to create an exciting Ricky, a Ricky that's on fire for God, that's really ready to make a difference in a real measurable way. I want my life to mean something. I want my life to prosper. I want us to prosper. I don't want us to be a bunch of broke people with a whole lot of complaints about the world that we can't do anything about. I want to be a real trendsetter who gets in front and says, let's make a difference. I'm not trying to show off. I'm just trying to go someplace. And you have to make that decision for yourself. Now, here's the truth. That decision is not just made by one person. It's made by a group. An individual gets with other individuals, and you band together and you make a decision. It's when that happens that you can cut new paths for your life. Now, in our study this, this, this season, I've been talking about this four things. 
I asked you a question at the beginning of the year. I said, how do you cut a new path? What do you do? Well, the first thing you do is I said, you, you build a better you. You've got to be better. You're not going to be, you're not, talk is one thing. You being better. Are you better now than you were at the beginning of the year? Are you healthier? Are you more focused? Are you more engaged? Well, once you build a better you, you've got to make sure you build a better vision. You can't build a better you without a better vision. You've got to see better. You've got to know better. You've got to know how to do things. Your whole vision for life has to evolve to a new place. So you build a better you. You build a better vision. And here you go. Number three, you build a better foundation. You've got to have something to stand on. And, and so that means going back and digging up old behaviors, old habits, digging up things, saying, okay, this foundation is not good. There's something amazing about that. Now, I learned something. I learned something in my house. You know, I have this, this floor. And uh, when you start walking on it, it starts squeaking. Because the boards, after, you know, so many years, you start, the, the, the screws start coming up. And so you have to pull it up and you have to hammer it down again. And every now and then, you've got to revisit your foundation. You've got to look at your life, your marriage, your money, your health, your life, your approach to God. And you've got to say, is this right? Is this strong? So if you want to build a better path, you've got to build a better, better you, right? Build a better vision. You've got to see better and you've got to have a better foundation. And then the fourth one, you ready? You've got to make better decisions. You've got to make better decisions. You can't keep making the same choices and, do, and expect a different result. That, that's not how it works. It's all about you deciding, I want something better for me. I don't want the same thing to happen in my life. So what I'm going to do is take you to Matthew chapter 20 and show you a family that made a decision. Now, you've heard me teach on this text before, so I apologize if you heard it again. But I'm going to say it away today that's a little bit different. Because I want you to hear the truth that it that states because it fits right into where we are. Because we're about to launch into a whole new series. As a matter of fact, part of the reason why I'm doing this sermon right now is I'm setting you up for next week. Because on next week, I'm going to talk about something that is incredible. I have three major sections of what I'm going to talk about next week. And I'll tell you more about that in just a minute. But let me start with this main point. You come, no, no matter what transitions you make in your life, until you make a decision, not me, you, by yourself, when you say, I don't want this in my life anymore. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to behave this way. I don't want this in my life anymore. I am at the point in my life where I've had it with this. And so this is a private meeting with you and God, and, 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 and you say, okay, here's what I'm going to do to change the direction of my life. And so here's what Matthew 20 says. A family had a meeting. You ready? Chapter 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, here's the big question that I'm asking today. What do you wish? What do you want? For a lot of Christians, that's a hard question. It's hard, it's hard because they think it's wrong. They think, you know, well, God, what do you want from me? You know, whatever you will. And whenever I hear a Christian do that, I go, stop, just stop. I want God's will. I want God to show me. Just stop. Just pause. Most of the time, I don't think we can even hear God. Most of the time, we're struggling hearing God because God talks in languages that we don't understand. God would say, stop whining, if you were really listening to him. He'd say, stop feeling sorry for yourself. 
He would say, how can you ask me for more money and you're not willing to work harder? How can you ask me for more money and you want to invest yourself? How can you ask me as if it's God's responsibility and you have nothing to do with it? If you really want to have a conversation with God for real, then that conversation is pretty profound. And so they come to Jesus and they ask a question and Jesus spins it around, looks at them and says, okay, what do you want? And then here, here's what's amazing. They were really clear and they were really specific. So there's this back and forth dialogue. And here's what, this is so important because next week when I jump into this brand new series and I start talking about real issues, which is what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk about dealing with your real issues. And when I talk about dealing with your real issues, you have to decide do you want to deal with them or not. No one else can do it. Only you. And when you say yes to God, yes, I want to deal with my real issues. And then when you jump into those real issues, man, that is a profound decision. Well, these guys came and asked Jesus a question. Grant that these two, my, two sons of mine uh, may sit one on your right hand and one on your left in your kingdom. I love that. So there's this great moment. They ask the question, and Jesus says, really? That's what you want. Leadership position. Leadership power. Watch this. Verse 22, but Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. You don't really know what you're asking. You know, a lot of things you say you want. You want to get married. You want to have children. You want to have this. You want to have that. You want to be a preacher. You want to travel the world. You want to do all this stuff. But he says, the biggest question of all is, are you able? Ability. Can you handle the pressure of it all? And then they said to him, in the verse 22, we are able. Yes, bring it on. Bring it on. We're able. <laughs> I love their spunk. I love the fact that Jesus never rebuked them for having big dreams. As a matter of fact, here's my honest opinion. I don't think we dream big enough. God's, God's not afraid of, of your dreams. You know, he, kind of, he breathed and made the world. He's not, like, afraid because you want to be a whatever you want to be. He's not intimidated because you want a big house. He's not intimidated by any of that stuff. The problem is not God. The problem is your ability. To hear God. Can you hear him? Are you willing to pay the price? And so they say, we are able. And then he said to them, okay, you will indeed drink my cup. And you will indeed be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with, verse 23. He says, um, but to sit on my right hand and, and, and my left hand, it is, this is important, is not mine to give. I can't just give this to you. Okay? I can't, I can't just give this to you. You just can't get saved, come to Christ, shout, yeah, raise your hand, cry, and then say, I want to be a fill-in-the-blanks. He says, I can't just kind of give it to you. This is only for those for whom it's prepared. There is a preparation process. And there are people that I know who have prepared themselves. And so these things you're asking for, leadership, authority, power, it goes to people for whom it's prepared. The question is, are you one of those people? We were talking about this before I preached this. One of the staff asked me a question. They said, are you saying that God really doesn't give people? Uh, he kind of has picks and favorites, and he just kind of says, okay, you, not you. And I said, well, it's not quite like that. He just knows. The Bible says he, fore, he predetermined in Ephesians based on foreknowledge. He knew what people would do. And based on what he knew, he then predetermined. This guy's going to listen, so he gets the opportunity. This person's not ever going to listen. This person's going to always have excuses, so they don't get to have this prepared opportunity. 
prepared opportunity comes, my friends, to prepared people. And so if you really want this in your life, then you've got to decide what you want. Back to the big question. Not what I want for you. Not what your mother wants. Look at this young people. Think with me. Not what your mama wants, your daddy wants. It's what you want. And that is followed up with action, not just words. Well, I love this story. And I want to show you a couple of things that I think stand out to me. There are probably seven observations that I make in the story that I just love. One, the big one is they came to Jesus, first of all. They came. Jesus didn't go knocking on their door. They came to him. This is a story about self-initiative. They they showed self-motivation. It's like Matthew 25 where the Bible talks about the virgins. I love that story where the virgins chose to take oil with them. There's something about the stewards in that story where there's another parable in chapter 25 of Matthew where it says that the guys went out, three of them were given a talent, and two guys took initiative. And they invested their money and made a profit. And the third guy didn't do anything. He buried his talent in the ground. And Matthew 25, another favorite text of mine, is where it's just an incredible example of people making a move. Taking initiative. And so they came to Jesus. Then secondly, what impressed me is they asked. They said it out loud. Here's what I want to do. There's something about that kind of spirit and that kind of power. They came, they asked, and then watch this now, listen. There's this back and forth, right, between them and Jesus, right? These are, these are the prayer of Jabaz kind of guys. Broad my territory. You remember that, First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10? That great prayer of Jabaz, broaden our territory. We're not just, we don't want to just sit here. We want to do something. I don't just want to be the kind of person who pretends I want to be a part of this. And then I love this. They came as a family, too. It was mama and the kids. It wasn't just, it was everybody wants this. Dad may have been gone by now, but boy, I tell you, what was left of the family, mama and the boys were ready to go. Is your family like that? Is your family ambitious? Is your family passionate? So follow me on the list. Number one, they came. Number two, they asked. And here's number three. You ready? Number three, they asked. Jesus then turns around and asked them. So they asked, and then Jesus asked. I love this. Jesus said, you know what, guys? Let me ask you a question. Are you able? It's not, you know, can you handle a question? There's a moment when, when, when I, I, I see this family sitting there, Jesus looking at them, and, they, and when he asked them the question, that was the moment. Are you guys able? Are you, are you willing to change? You want your marriage to work, right? But you're not able to hear another viewpoint. You're not able to consider another way. You want your job, right? But you're not willing to consider the boss's position. You just want to, you want to be an employee who runs the company, really? You want to force your view on them because they're all, you know, not as wise as you, but you don't own the company? At what point do you, do you, are you able to sit back and listen I love, the, I love their response. Jesus asked them, he said, are you willing? They answered Jesus too. Number four, Jesus asked them number three, number four, then they answered and said, yeah, we're able. They, they came back with the right spirit. They came back with the right attitude. And then Jesus points out number five, they were naive. He says, no, I can't just give it to you. 
It's not something I can just put in your hand. And then number six, watch this. They responded, and they said, we're still able. We can swallow what we need to swallow. The word that was used, he says, are you willing to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? Are you willing to be immersed? Are you willing to pay the price? Let me tell you, I am oftentimes struggling with that question in my life. I wanted God to use me. I wanted God, I wanted to be God's servant. But do I really, really want to pay the price to be that? Because if I decide I want to pay the price to be what I told God I want to be, I had the nerve to come and ask him. It's when you get down to the real bottom line of it. Sometimes I've had to admit, no, Temple, you didn't mean that. I am in the middle of this incredible moment of revival because I'm reading this book, right? And this book is phenomenal. It has challenged me. <laughs> What's the name of the book, right? I'll tell you the name of the book. It's called You Are What You Love is the name of the book. You Are What You Love. Mm. And in this book, You Are What You Love, it has helped me understand. It's by a guy named James K.A. Smith. James K.A. Smith. You Are What You Love. And, and I, I've... It's one of the books that um, <laughs> has just spoken to me. Because here's what he says. Basically, we are people who, Im- who are really impressed with knowledge. We like to talk about knowledge, not love. He didn't say, know the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. We like to know God. Know about him, quote the Bible, teach people the Bible. But he says, no, I want you to fall in love with me. It's a little more complicated, a little more personal, a little more intimate. I want you to become immersed in me. I want you to allow my thoughts to become your thoughts, my ways, your ways. Do you want that? Or do you, is that what you want or do you want just kind of a spiritual uh, name, title, job, apostle, bishop, you want to be used of God, you want to be famous, you want to travel the world. Is that what you want or do you want to love him? You know, a lot of you, you got married with that idea. You just wanted to be with that person for a few minutes. That's all you wanted. You wanted to put them on your arm, but you didn't want to love them. Loving people is different. Loving God is different. You can, love, you can like church, you can like gospel music and not like God. And sometimes that's hard to see. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But let me show you one final thing here. Number seven. Jesus told him, I can't give it to you guys. It's for those for whom it's prepared. I've talked about that already. It's already important. All those observations of, the, of, their, of this conversation point us, in, in my opinion, in our next direction. I am um, a bit... Um, uh, cautious about this next series we're about to step into because the next series will prove whether you really do want to follow him or not. There are three topics, in my opinion, that Christians don't talk about enough. And I want you to think about these three issues. For the next few months, I want to talk to you about sexual issues. I want to talk to you about relationship issues. And I want to talk to you about vocational issues. So let me give you just a little introduction to where we're headed. And it's amazing how many people don't think 
about the things that really matter. And their want to, hear what I just said, their want to is not aimed in the same direction as God's want you to. So they have a want to that's aimed over here. And God says, no, I don't really want you. I want you to focus on this. Israel did this a lot. They were focused on lands and kingdoms and being like, being like the other nations. He says, no, I want you to follow me. So the question is, where are you at right now when it comes to the main issues in God's perspective? Our sexual issues are really amazing. I am amazed at how many people have not really admitted that at the core of a lot of their issues is their romantic attitudes. And just allow me to switch the word around for a minute just to make it easier for everybody. Your romantic issues. And I use the word romantic in replacement of the other words so you can be a little more comfortable. But I want you to think with me for a minute. It's, it's those intimate issues in your life, those romantic issues in your life that have caused you the greatest problem. They are the foundation for a lot of your frustration. A lot of great people, a lot of smart people, a lot of good people work really hard to get educations, go to school, be trained, but they've not dealt with that issue in their life. And they're not sure they can be faithful to one person. They're not sure, they're not sure where their loyalties are. And that, my friend, becomes the foundation for a lot of issues. A lot of families today are off sync because of that one issue. I believe God has a plan for our intimate life that's powerful. I believe it's a great gift that God gave you, something to be proud of, something to enjoy. It's something that everybody has a, has a, has a, a different response to. And I want to show you how you can, in a positive way, deal with this part of your life and it can become constructive, not destructive. And if you can, if you can deal with this, you can be trusted. But look at me. I want you to hear what I'm going to tell you right now. If you don't deal with this, you can't be trusted. Who knows what you will do. It's like a walking time bomb that can go off anywhere with anybody at any minute. And if you don't have a clear vision in your mind, it can easily get out of control. Second thing I'm going to talk about is relationship issues. It's all about relationship. It's all about how you get along with people. It's not just romantic relationships. It's just getting along with people. Sometimes our inability to relate to people follows us everywhere. You've been to how many churches and you get mad with every church you go to. You get mad on every job. You get mad in every community. You can live in the south, the east, the west. You can move, you have moved all over the country and you've been mad with everybody in every state. And what is it about the way you develop relationships? What kind of friend are you? What is it like to be in a relationship with you? And how does that all work out? If you're going to cut a new path in your life, you've got to deal with the, the, the intimate issues in your life. You've got to be able to manage that. You've got to be able to manage relationships. Because, there's, listen to me, there's no way God can elevate you if that's not balanced. He can give you a great person. But if you fight everybody you meet, if you're not fair with the money, if you're not fair about moments of disagreement, you have to win. You ignore everybody. You're not focusing. And so relationships are always an issue for you. And it affects your prosperity. And then thirdly, we're going to talk about vocational job issues. I don't know. Christians have this sometimes a strange view of work. It's almost like work is optional. It's kind of, you know, uh, 
it's kind of um, I don't know. It's just kind of all everywhere. It's it, but there's no real sometimes commitment to being a great employee, being a great worker. You know, going after it. If you hire if you hire Christians, assuming that because they're Christians they're going to be great workers, you're wrong. They can be lazy. They can be misguided. They can be selfish. They can be naive. They can destroy your company. They can destroy everything you've built. And, and then, while they're praying for you and reading the Bible on the break time, but in terms of productivity and passion, what is it about having a work ethic that changes everything? We'll talk about that. But when you link all three of these together, the only way they change, the only way they grow is that you want them to. So the question is, what do you want? What do you want? What is it that you desire in your life? Do you desire to deal with these issues, your real issues? You might say, well, Pastor, those three are fine with me. Well, what is your real issue? Think with me through this theme. If these are not your three, what are your three? What are the real issues in your life? Anger, unforgiveness, malice. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the self-righteousness you've got about you. Well, everything is just right with you because you're right about everything. Maybe, maybe you need to fill in the blank. But here's what I want to do. I want us to go to a new place. I want, I want my life, I want our lives, I want our ministry, I want our, our, our vision to expand and grow. And, and that's only going to happen if we want it to happen. Secondly, listen to me, not only must we want it to happen, we must face the truth. I love the verse, he said, you shall know the truth. And the truth sets you free. It's all about facing it. Now, I have come to a place where I want to pray for you. I want everybody to stand with me for a moment. And I want to pray a prayer before, before my friend comes and shares a brief addendum with you. I, I believe with all my heart that some of you needed a moment. A moment where you just stepped back and said, what do I want? What I love about the book I recommended to you is that he says, what you love, you do. So everybody's standing with me now, right? Good. And I want you to hear me as you stand. There is a moment where you look at your life and you say, based on what I'm doing, based on what I'm doing, I must not be in love. Because here's what he says, you love, you love, my friend, what you do. That's where you start. You look at your habits and you look at what you do on a routine basis. And you say, I don't love exercising because I don't. But he said you can change that habit. You can start a brand new habit. And it can become a part of who you are. You can become a different person. You can become a part of your nature. He tells a story about a guy who had it was an old fish. And the old fish was swimming, swimming in the water there and he looked over some younger fish, and he said to the younger fish, how's the water? And the younger fish didn't comment, and so they swam down the road a little bit. And one of the younger fish paused and said, what is water? What is water? It, he had been in water so long to a fish, there's no such thing as water. It's who he is. You can live away so long that you don't know you're in it. You don't even realize that you're in it. It's natural to you to be in strife, to be distant. And 
you don't even want to get out of it because for you it's natural to never have money, to always beg, to always complain. That's a normal part of your life. But here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you today. I want you to pray with me, and I want every hand lifted in the building, everyone. And I want you to join me because I'm coming back strong next week with the word just for you and for us. And I want to lay out our issues. And it's not something you want to run from. You don't want to, you don't want to miss this. You want to tell your friends, tune in. Because Pastor Rich is going to take us on a journey to help us deal with the intimate sides of our life. And there's something about this that's going to transform your life. For some of you that have been bondage all your life, this is going to be a liberating series for you. It's going to bring life to you, clarity, what the Bible says, how, how this can be better in my life. And if you think you got it together, you tune in. i got a few surprises for you. I believe God's going to speak to us. How many times have you seen good people get lost in this part of their life? Let me pray with you today. Father, I lift, we lift our hands to you, and we surrender, and we thank you. We believe that with every hand lifted, we surrender and say, God, help us. Let this be that transforming moment in our lives where we acknowledge a need for God, a need to change and focus our attention and to want something, to want something in a strong way, to have a passionate desire to deal with our real issues. And so, God, we give you the praise today as we cut a new path for ourselves. We're building a better us. We're seeing with better vision. We're building better foundations, and we're making better choices. And so we give you all the praise, Lord God, as we continue through this series, believing that you will make us better in Jesus' name. Now listen, I thank you for praying with me, and I want you to just stay there, and I want you to watch my friend come up, and they're going to lead you now in another prayer. For some of you, this is an important prayer about your walk with God. And so you stay right there and watch God transform your life. Amen. Amen. Can you celebrate God for the word of God today? Listen, um, Pastor Rick, powerful word on on this morning is a powerful word, challenging word as well, too. Um, One of the things we've learned um, through Pastor Rick's teaching is that there's a certain power that we possess when it comes to making a decision. We can make the decision for ourselves. And what better decision to make than to give our life to Christ? (laughs) that's the starting point always you know there's some things that can be challenging for us there's some dilemmas that can take place but the best decision that we can make is to start a life with Jesus he's all the help we need can anybody testify to that on today Amen. listen at this time every head bowed every eye closed if there are prayer words in the house I'm gonna ask everyone please start praying Listen, we're praying that people would make the decision today to give their life to Christ. That is the the best decision that we can make. I know sometimes we can be comfortable and we as Pastor Ray, we can be okay with every day's life's decision, every day's life's journey, but yet never really make the decision to give our life to Christ. We come to church. We even say our grace, but we'll sometimes be hesitant to make the decision to have a life with Christ. You can make that decision on today. Again, every head bow, every eye closed. If you're in the building on today, and all you want to do is just make that most profound decision to live with Christ, all you have to do is raise your hand and put it back down. You can make that decision on today. I know sometimes we get concerned about what what people can feel and what people can think, but you have the power within you to make that decision right now. 
to say, I want Jesus as Lord. If you're in the building on today, raise your hands. We have one. I see one. I see two. I see three. Keep praying. I see four. I see five. Amen. 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 You can make it today. Listen, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. All you have to do is raise your hand and put it back down. Listen, every hand lifted, every hand lifted in the building. If you don't mind, repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for the power you have given me to make the decision. Today, I have decided to give my life to Christ. And for that, I say thank you. As of today, my life will never be the same will never be the same ever again. If you believe that, clap those hands right now. Amen. Let's celebrate God for those who gave their life to Christ on today. Amen. Listen, man. Well, listen, this has been a moment for you to sit back and decide what you want in your life. This is the moment where you saw a family make a decision. It's time for your family to make a decision. What do you want? How much can God do in your life? Well, let me pray with you, and I pray this begins that thought process for you. Father, let this be a moment when they take what they've heard today and they say, we want something in life. And I pray that it becomes a life-changing moment where they launch into a whole new place of fire and passion in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, it's always a joy to have you on demand. Keep listening to the sermons. They're all free. It's a chance for you to get caught up in the Word and grow in the Word We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org if you have a question. That's pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. Or come and see us in person if you're ever in town. We'd love to have you. If not, we'll see you on demand. God bless. Have a great day.